All right, it's that time again. Let's check out the Patchworks used and vintage section to see if there's anything that you must have there. There is an Eloquencer. I'm very, very curious about the Eloquencer. I'd like to try that thing out. The uh, 4MS Quad Clock Distributor. Oh, Polyan Tracker. Oh, there's a used ES9 from Expert Sleepers. Uh, I just got one of these and it's very cool. Ooh, a Chaos Batumi. I've always wanted to try one of those. The Roland Octopad is still available for anyone who wants to buy that and send it to me. A bunch of new stuff since we've last checked in. So uh, head over to patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. This week we have Andrew from Qubit returning to the show to talk about Mojave. And we'll get into that in a moment. But first, I want to tell you about a show that I'm going to be playing uh, here in a couple weeks in Tacoma, my hometown. Um, I'll be playing at Real Art Tacoma with uh, Runati Pentacles and my good buddy David Lutz, a.k.a. Lousy Falcon. Uh, Sunday, November 26th, 7 p.m. to 11.30. Uh, I believe, let's see, there's the information we need. It is an all-ages show. Link to that in the show description. Nice to see you again. Nice to have you back. Um, and I'm super excited to get into this and pick your brain because um, 
I was lucky enough to be asked by y'all to uh, do some beta testing and and trying out of Mojave before it was released. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, So thank you for that. Um, But I want to ask you just right off the bat real quick, like, how do you feel so far? It's been what? It's been two weeks maybe at the time of recording that it's been out in the world, maybe three? Yep. Yeah. And how do you feel about it? So like, does it feel, I don't know. That's got to always be weird. I, I, the only thing I can kind of imagine, well, I guess I did release a module before, but it was kind of like a half joke thing. Um, but like releasing an album or something, it's like, well, it's out in the world now, you know? So yeah. it's, Oh, it's always nerve wracking and you never know what's going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, first of all, thanks for having me back. I didn't, I didn't get to say that, but it's, it's yeah. great to be great to be on here. I always love chatting with you, and uh, especially since you got to be on the beta testing team, it's kind of a unique perspective to have this conversation with. So, yeah, yeah, super I stoked feel, to be here. I feel really bad, you guys. I was I was like testing it out, writing notes, and every time I had like like something that I was like, okay, I have enough to like send them some information, I'd get a new firmware. And then I was like, okay, well, a lot of this stuff is fine. And then I went on a vacation and then I got back and it was like, ah, shit. So um, I don't think I really helped you very much, but I plan on, you know, I've been using it a lot and I'll be, uh, you know, putting out patches and, and whatnot with it. So no, and, and, you know, what we did get was, was super helpful from you. And, you know, a lot of people, especially some of the people listening to this might not realize, but re- designing anything, especially a Eurorack synthesizer module, it's probably more hectic than you're imagining without having seen how the sausage is made, so to speak. Mm-hmm, so, you know, mm-hmm. we try to um, do frequent releases. That's kind of a big, you know, just MO of ours, release early, release often. And some of mm-hmm. our beta testers have a hard time keeping up, which is also mm-hmm. why we try to keep the team really small with those external uh-huh. people because they yeah. feel lost. Like, oh, there's too many releases. Why bother at this point? You know, right. so it, okay. it happens. It happens. Um, um, but yeah, to, yeah. To, to touch on your first point there, I mean... It's always nerve-wracking releasing a module because you never know if you missed something or if you really did a take that people aren't going to dig too much, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we we try to put our mark on it, our stamp on the process. Sure. We want to make a module that exemplifies our design paradigms, our philosophies, etc. And so sometimes they land, sometimes, you know, they're cool but they don't land as well. So you never know. But yeah. I mean, we're, we're extremely excited with all the feedback we've gotten, all the videos and the content we've seen, the amazing patches and, and music we've heard so far just blows us away. So, it, yeah. you know, people took it, they liked it and they ran with it and they took it to places that we didn't even imagine was possible right off the bat. So that's awesome. Can't complain. Yeah. yeah. My, so again, my only experience with this um, was with like the bleep bloop module and there's another one that's going to be coming out soon. Um, that's not like a joke module, but these are analog things. So even within the analog world, you were just describing like how hectic and just, you know, crazy the whole thing can be. But with, with what y'all are doing, you're adding like the super complex digital side to it. So not only do you have the hardware, the analog uh, portions of the hardware that you're making sure all works right and stuff, but you've got the code side of it too. So I can't even imagine how much like that just seems like an exponential addition on top of it. So yeah, I, it is. Yeah. Firmware is crazy. I mean, devices that run code, any type of code just has its own set of problems. It always does. Mm-hmm. And they can always be crazy for so many different reasons. But, you know, over the years, I'd like to think we've gotten a little better 
with mm-hmm. that aspect of it. We don't do firmware updates on the day that we start shipping anymore. So that's great. That's a plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's an interesting concept because we live in this world of constant firmware updates. And with that, I think a lot of companies has a, have adopted this mindset of a certain you know, large percentage of bugs are okay. Whereas mm-hmm. before it was like, you know, I mean, let's face it, there's going to be bugs, right? There's always bugs. If there's code, there's bugs. It's just a matter of what the bugs are. Right. But yeah. especially when you look at like the video games industry, apps, things like that, is that companies kind of want to start making that money back quickly. So they just ship a bunch of bugs and they don't care and they let the users find them. Yeah. So yeah. we don't do that. You know, we, we uh-huh. work hard to make sure <laughs> that if there are any bugs, they are very small. And, you know, usually we do actually reach the point where, to our knowledge, there isn't any bugs. Now, there mm-hmm. are I'm, there are probably bugs under the hood, and we'll find those out, and we'll do firmware up, right, updates over the next few months. But mm-hmm. we usually don't ship unless we're at the point of, we don't know of any bugs. Let's go, you know. Okay. Well, but, also, I think one thing that I really, really like about, um, I think it's a relatively recent approach for you guys, um, you know, with Aurora, Nautilus, and then now Mojave, having the USB drive on the front and then the the narwhal editor like i like i can't wait to get into narwhal with my mojave now and like you know because i'm it's a complex module so i'm still wrapping my head around it but i'm getting to the point now where i can you know use it in with um what's the word i'm looking for uh with intent and you know get okay (laughs) i know this is kind of these are the realms within the settings i can get to to get get close to what i'm after um, and now that I'm to that point, I'm, I'm excited to jump in cause I used it quite a bit with Nautilus, um, which side note, I'll, ha- I'll maybe cut this out, but did you, did you guys receive my, my Nautilus that I sent back for repair? I, I sent it back, you know, a little, a little while ago. But, sort of embarrassed to say I have zero idea if we did or didn't, but we probably <laughs> we probably <laughs> did, and they're working on it. I'll let yeah, you yeah. check on that. Well, I realized I should have got you guys a shipping a tracking number, and I was like, oh, that was dumb of me. So, um, no, anyways, sure yeah, I'll, I'll edit yeah. this part out. But yeah, either using, way, it's fine. It's fine. Using Nautilus or using Narwhal with Nautilus was was really cool, and I'm excited to. Uh, and then also with Aurora, just you know, having the the FDN. You know, I've been rocking. I, I, I've probably used that seventy-five to eighty percent of the time that I use Aurora. Um, but it is always, it's always in my, like, it's, it's, it's my main reverb. I think that's probably why I keep the FDN on it because it's just more of a catch-all. Um, but I am on the hunt for a new reverb because I want to get back into using Aurora. You know, for what it is, because, yeah. Right, right. And you know, this is this is something that's been very important to us since day one with the the original Nebulae. We had it was open source. We made our own alternate firmwares and we encouraged, you know, community members to write firmware for it as well. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've always noticed about modular users is that they're very unique in the sense that they know exactly what they want. They mm-hmm. always have this very specific workflow in mind and they they want the module to adapt to that. I haven't seen this, like, you know, musicians are a unique breed, and mm-hmm. I think they're usually mm-hmm. particular, but modular users are kind of another level because they're they're already designing their own instrument. Right, and so to like it's make inherent them, within the... Exactly, the, yeah. it's, it's implicit in, in the format kind of, right? You want your mm-hmm. modular to be modular. And so mm-hmm. we've been working on it over the years, and what we found is that, you know, open source software is great, um, people writing code is great, but if you take the number of people who know how to write code compared to your average modular user, what's the percentage? It's not yeah. huge, you know. So the idea that we can configure our hardware without code 
is a powerful concept and something that, you know, we really have been trying to push forward for. And the, the you know, the culmination of that really was this Narwhal web app, which lets mm-hmm. you just select the settings from a dropdown and then export the file and then load it via USB. You don't have to take the module out of your case. You don't have to finagle some weird cable on the back, you know, just flash drive, boom, boom, boom. And then you're off to the races. Yeah. As somebody who, um, you know, like I, I've, I've been a hardware guy, not because of any hipster reason or any, it, it has been almost like explicitly because I just like, like, I just got the, uh, the expert sleepers ES9. And I know Mm -hmm. that like, that's not that's not a hard thing to figure out for people with like just but once i bring computers and you know interfacing like computers with uh with hardware and stuff like i always hit like these weird bumps that once i'm shown what i'm doing wrong i'm just like how the hell did i not figure that out and all this is to say that having some like the narwhal thing i was just fucking blown away by how user-friendly and you know for lack of a better term idiot proof it is you know like do the thing export it put it on the usb drive replace it and just put it you know like even switching hardwares or or, uh, firmwares on the aurora everything it's just like you've really streamlined the process which i think is uh I guess thank you for on behalf of all the other people out there like me. <laughs> no, I appreciate that feedback. I'm glad to hear that it's been uh, painless like it's supposed to be. That's that's always the goal, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And and so Narwhal is because at first I thought it was just gonna it was just for Nautilus, but that's just kind of like you you have plans to make even like at, 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 at right now I'm not sure, but I thought. Can you do anything with Aurora on that yet? Or is there plans to be able to do stuff with Aurora? And Yeah, as of right now, you can't do anything with Aurora. That was something uh, that we came up with for Nautilus, hence the Narwhal monitor. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and then we loved it and we got a lot of good feedback. And it kind of just this light bulb went off, which is like, well, like, sure, writing code is great, but like not writing code is way better. Always, <laughs> you know, even if you're a programmer, right? Like zero code is kind of always better than code. Uh Um, And so we got excited Then we thought, well, let's just do the same thing for Mojave, but let's not make a new web web page. It's going to be kind of convoluted. Let's just stick it all under Narwhal and then kind of each henceforth module will update it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, as we get time, hopefully we can also just move our way backwards, at least to Aurora, because it's got the USB, you know, flash drive on the front there. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, open up full configurability. And what's been really neat is a lot of the requests we're getting from users about the tweaks they want to do to it are really easy for us to put into Narwhal, but they wouldn't necessarily be easy to make alternate firmware for or or like implement into the 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 official firmware, if okay. that makes sense. So yeah. Hey, you want this weird, really crazy arcane feature? Sure. Do it on Narwhal. We're, we don't have to talk about like, is it worth putting into the official firmware with an edit function or something crazy? Let users customize it to their heart's content and it won't detract from anybody else's experience. And and that's, you just underscored, I think what I really like about that system um, is, you know, I think one of the reasons that digital mo- modules can be intimidating or have shade thrown is you know the menu diving the button combination type thing and i would way rather honestly go to a web page that has you know like a really simple layout you know 10 12 parameters that have a drop down menu of you know a handful of options each but 
you know, when you add those all together, it can be, you can make a quite a bit different module. I would rather do that really quick and then just put that USB back in than get the manual out. Oh, what the, what was I have to push shift and, you know, and turn this knob to here? Like, yeah. So I think it's just hundred hundred percent. Yeah. And if you look at Mojave, there's no shift button, right? You know, and we've done mm-hmm. the shift button. We've done it to death. Yeah, yeah. We really did a lot of shift yeah, yeah. button. And then the last few years, we kind of, I don't like it. I forget. You know what I mean? If I don't patch mm-hmm. it for a few months and then I pull it up, I'm like, wait, what was that key combo? And that's not what modular is about to me. It's like, it's about knobs, right? It's knobs mm-hmm. and CP. That is what modular is about. Let's stick right. to that. Totally. Get rid of the shift buttons. Let's keep the configurability, but let's put it somewhere that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and also, uh, you know, if you're, if you're live gigging or whatever, like right. USB, you can get small USB drives for pretty cheap. You could, you could mm-hmm. just like, you know, turn the mixer down on on that sure. module, switch it out, and now you've literally right. got a new module, and that's that's you know better than totally on stage trying to do some shift. Right, right. Yeah, no. Like, to remember I'd on stage go, while you're in front of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Um, so yeah, that's I. I guess uh, yeah, there were not a lot of questions there. I just I I was excited to talk to you. Uh, you know, just about this was kind of what was occupying my mind. You know since we made plans to to do this episode, just like I really wanted to not only express like gratitude and, and uh, you know, like give you, give you, give you all the attaboys, um, you know, because it's, because it's really nice. But, uh, but now I also do want to like, let's dive into Mojave because this module is so granular modules have always been very mysterious to me. Uh, I, I, you know, I use, I use Morphogene, but I, I'm still not clear on how exactly, like what exactly Morphogene's doing when I'm making it do the Morphogene things that I always make it do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've, I've never really had a whole lot of success with, with clouds. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'm blanking, uh, Nebulae, of course, which... Right. Um, which that one didn't like perplex, perplex me. It doesn't per- like, but you know, it's, I feel like it just, uh, what am I trying to say? I feel like with, with Mojave, there is just this whole huge expanse of, of different ways to use granular synthesis that after, you know, you kind of wrap your head around the controls and everything, um, pretty, pretty intuitive. Um, but also like extraordinarily unique like this, I can't. I just tried it the other night because I was like, it can't be that easy. Because I saw the patch example of like the arpeggiator, <laughs> and I just put a droning note into it, and then turned the mix all the way up and put the settings right. And it's just, it's like, oh shit, that could be like a, that could be like a fail safe for a live show. Just like have like get an extra Mojave, have that in the corner with an oscillator going into <laughs> it, and just make. And if like something fucks up, just turn that up in the mix until you fix it or whatever. <laughs> the, the like, backup plan. <laughs> plan b <laughs> uh-huh. but i mean like that's just like one of like i don't i've been actually using it um for percussive stuff lately but i am talking too much i just realized i was trying to get you to talk so i like whatever you want to say about the the inception of the idea and then tell now um yeah what's the sure what's the story? sure 100%. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, granular is kind of been almost like our bread and butter, so to speak. It was the first module we ever released. Um, we already did V2 on that module. And then we've kind of skirted around on things that are almost, um, you know, 
almost granular, but not quite with like, like the data, data vendor, vendor. Yeah. you know, um, so, you know, proximity, it's, it's in the granular world, but it's not quite true granular. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always been almost in the back of my mind with, you know, what can we add to this conversation? And, you know, maybe the best way to kind of start this is what is the nebulae and how is it different? Because, you know, a lot of people ask that question. Well, you already did the nebulae. What, what is this? Am I selling my nebulae? And it's like, not at all. They are Actually, not even the same thing. Yeah, just to, just to like underscore that point, I, when I first I posted some, my first patch with it, um, with Mojave, and then, you know, somebody in the comment, and I can, I, you know, I, I know how comment sections can get, but I can also see where they're coming from having not used it yet. Like, do we really need another granular module like what does this do that the others don't and it's like i've never played with one granular module that is the exact same as the other one they all have something to offer that are completely unique um there's a lot of similarities there are there's overlap because they're you know it's granular synthesis and right um but yeah so i yeah i just wanted to like i i can see that that just by seeing that one comment that made me think of like what do you guys get? Yeah, it's a valid, it's a valid question. Uh, and the key thing to remember is that the nebulae is really a sampler. So it wants to record in a, you know, over 10 second buffer. I mean, it could be whatever, second or longer buffer, ideally, mm-hmm. or from an audio file. And then you're going to operate on that audio file and, you know, really control it specifically to what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Mojave is a live processor. It's more of an effect than a sampler. And that's kind of the key distinction to keep in mind. And you can use them for different things. Uh-huh. If you want to just transform some sound quickly into some Curtis Rhodes style granular transformations, get Mojave. It's uh-huh. it's plug and play. Immediately, it's going to give you want, what you want. Whereas Nebulae, maybe you'll have some more specific things in mind when you're working with it. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, that, and that was the inspiration, right? So, you know, for years, I've always thought like, man, I wish we could do a little more straightforward approach, like something a little more plug and play. Like I just said, you know, uh-huh. something that felt like data bender, what was more fun and you could get results quickly, but was still granular because I love granular and it does amazing things. But something that moved away from this sampler, let me, you know, press record, record in my buffer. All right, set my loop points. All right, we're uh-huh. like three steps deep and we haven't even started hearing granular yet. You right. know, we haven't even started hearing our grains. So it's been in the works. It's been stewing. You know, the team team and I have conversations about it over the years. Um, and, you know, when it comes to making modules, we like to have sort of a, an intellectual framework to operate within before we start on it. So we like having a concept because mm. inevitably you're going to have to make tough choices yeah, in any that, design. That's probably a good way to weed out creature, uh, creature uh, feature creep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we've made modules that do everything and they're not great at anything. They're just okay at most things, you know, we learned that <laughs> lesson. And so one cure for that was, okay, come up with your concept first and then really try to adhere to this framework that you can operate in mentally and then help it become this great at one specific, you know, subset of tasks. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was kind of like we were missing that. We had the idea for a live granular-esque thing, but mm-hmm. what is it really going to be? You know, what is it really going to be inspired by? Yeah. Um, and, and so a couple years ago, but roughly two years ago now, I was in Joshua Tree, um, which is in Southern California. It's a desert. Yeah, I was just there. Uh, oh, nice. Well, just nice. There. I was there in February. Yeah. Oh, rad. Perfect timing. Yeah. Not too hot. Yeah, no, no it was um, still warm. I actually brought my, um, <laughs> I brought my, uh, 
my 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 synth that did a remote remote performance. Um, nice, nice. I also want to take a moment to remind everybody that there is a Podular Modcast website with a store with all your winter beanie needs being fulfilled over there. We've got hoodies, multicolored hoodies. Got some cups and mugs. One of them has my mug on it. I made that joke recently, sorry. Of course, we got the tie-dye beanies and the five panel caps. So yeah, if you would like to support Podular Modcast, head over to podularmodcast.com and check out the store. And another way you can support the show is to head over to patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast and sign up there. Um, I would greatly appreciate it. I know times are rough out there. The economy's kind of bad, and I'm feeling the uh, the the pressure from that. Um, so if you are in a lucky position to where that's not really affecting you and you have a few extra dollars, I mean, the cost of a cup of coffee, I am going to be doing another patreon giveaway where i just randomly post on the patreon a picture of a bunch of stuff and it's going to be a first come first serve basis so you see the picture of all the stuff you chime in say i want that and then i'll say okay it's yours and the reason i have been slow to uh getting around to it is i still have to make the cover art for these these are cassettes filled with a bunch of my music that i personally dubbed um i've been having a lot of fun making my own like uh Tim Held music uh, mixtapes, and uh, yeah, so if you want one, I forgot what I put on it. It's kind of like just whatever I feel at the moment is cool music that I'd like to share. Um, but yeah, so those will be part of it. The cassettes from my buddy, uh, old co-host Ian, his project Skygas. I've got a bunch of patch cables. I've got some a bunch of stickers. I've got some T-shirts. Uh, I've got I forgot what else. There's a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's going to be coming up soon. So if you want to have a chance to claim some of these cool things in the giveaway, then head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. We had this idea, idea stewing for a while for hands-on plug and play, immediate, just fun, granular processor, something that wasn't, you know, granular adjacent like data vendor. Mm -hmm. And so we had, we had this idea, we had a few meetings, but we didn't have the intellectual framework you know, for, for, for working within to answer those tough questions. So, um, the inspiration really came when I was, we're a couple years ago, we had a trip out to Joshua tree. We we're staying at an Airbnb out there and we got this warning on our phones popped up and it was for a haboob. I don't know if you know this term, but the technical term for a desert dust storm is a Wait, haboob. When, were you it's there? Like, when was this? Gosh, I can't remember the exact dates now. I, I want to say it was in like 2021. Okay, okay. Because yeah, we we had some uh, dust storms while we were there in February, like crazy. I, I guess yeah. they're super common. Yeah, and okay. we were there sometime in the winter too, like somewhere between January and March. Um, super common, yeah. But, you know, after the fact, we're talking to everybody. They're like, did you see the haboob? I'm like, did I see the what? Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just commonplace for them. You know, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> So this dust storm, right? We get this warning. And I'm kind of excited, you know, because like it's not particularly dangerous necessarily, but just uh -huh. I've never experienced it before, right? So you kind of see the clouds coming through. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. it gets, the sky gets kind of dark. Um, but what was amazing to me, so where we were staying had like this wall of glass. It's kind of the vibe out there because they want you to be able to see the landscape and all uh -huh. the boulders and the rocks and everything, right? So, you know, in the living room, is just this wall of glass and the sand gets closer and closer and closer and it just assaults the house and it just hits it. 
But what blew my mind away was the sounds and the textures that were coming through the walls and the windows and, and, the, and all the glass was just incredible to me because it was, you know, it's, 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 it's what granular is. It's these little tiny yeah. pieces hitting it, making this tone, and then it changes, and then the timbre changes because the density or the, the direction of the right. wind. And uh-huh. it kind of just hit me like, whoa, that's it. Like we could make a granular module inspired by this exact experience. And, uh-huh. you know, it was to me, it was a very musical inspiring just audible experience oh, that i, I'm that like I went fantasizing through. about having my field recorder there with like all my different mics right. and stuff yeah for sure yeah yeah exactly so it was just super really satisfying for me to to experience it but it really got me thinking that this was a cool idea for a granular thing and you know I mean, we've seen thousands of iterations on clouds and they all have these fun, unique names that are plays on, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things and whatnot. Um, and that was that was in the back of our minds, too. Like, well, we don't really want to work in in those conceptual areas. We really mm-hmm. don't. Right. Um, and for some reason, I'd never, at least personally, I had never made the connection between like the desert environment and granular synthesis. But it's it's so true. I mean, it was mm-hmm. literally I was experiencing yeah. acoustic granular synthesis against the, the windows, you know, uh-huh. which was right. Just right. Super neat and really kind of a fortuitous experience to be happening at the time that it did. So, yeah. Anyways, fast forward a couple of years, you know, that that was that became the um, the inspiration. We started mocking up controls and deciding, OK, so like, you know, what's going to be the wind and what's going to be this and how are these going to correspond to these various things? Um, and mm-hmm. of course, you know, we build upon it and we extrapolate and we make do do fun twists and make fun sounds and whatnot. And, and um, you know, the module that we know of as Mojave um, is out there today. But 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 it started it started with that initial experience. That is so, I love that because, you know, like, I think had, you know, if you asked me to pontificate or, or you know, fantasize about like the inception of something like this, like that's, I, I would more picture, you know, a, like a handful of people sitting around a, uh, a table with like a bunch of different synths that already exist. And well, <laughs> we don't want to, you know, this is their thing, but what do all these lack? And I, I think that's just such a, a more entertaining and, and special story. That's so cool. Um, which also underscores like that, that, that had to have been like, I, I feel like that was a very um, powerful experience for you because it, it also, uh, when I saw Mojave was the name, I was like, okay, we've left the nautical theme. And I was wondering how hard that was for you to leave, to, to leave the nautical <laughs> theme because I know you're super into diving and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a bummer, you know, yeah. but... Um, but it also makes such know. sense, you know, like that. I, and it was paired with that story. It's that's I don't know. I, that's so cool. Yeah, 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 definitely. And and I love the desert environment. It's still a super cool oh, thing yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, I've always, growing up in Southern California, I've always taken trips out there for vacation mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But um, but yeah, you know, it's good to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, and, you know, the, the, the other thing about Mojave, too, kind of just um, from what sets it apart, like an inspiration standpoint, is... We, we, we really wanted to move away from, like I said, on the nebulae, this sort of contrived, like not contrived, it's not the right word, but these like, you know, multi-step process to get the sound happening. Mm-hmm. So with Mojave, this concept of macro controls, you know, the auto magic is kind of what we always call them in the ha- in-house, <laughs> which, which really started with Data Bender for us, this auto uh-huh. magic concept where, right. you know, granular synthesis 
has a tendency to be boring. I mean, let's face it, right? It, it can be very static and boring is really the best word for it, unless mm-hmm. you modulate it. Once you get modulation in there, it starts to get magical. Mm-hmm. But without that, it's static. It sits there. It's chopping it up into little pieces. Okay, whatever, you know. Right. So for us, we wanted to get something that was just automatically more interesting off the bat. And so that's really where the macro controls come into play. And mm-hmm. that's the, you know, all the actual, the, the, the Rogan knobs, you know, the big knobs on Mojave are all of the macro controls, which essentially move things internally without CB, without mm-hmm. modulation. Right. And that was the other aspect when we were first getting started that we're like, okay, so let's go the complete opposite and let's just make it automatically, it runs on its own. Like the system is going, it's doing things, you know, mm-hmm. and you're controlling that with these macro controls that you're dialing, t- tuning in, you know, dialing mm-hmm. in, turning up, turning down, but then it kind of just runs and it's not that static granular that we're used to. It's this whole new thing that just is more fun and you can focus more on, you know, crafting the overall sound instead of dialing the minute details that maybe you don't really need control over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I just lost my thought, but there was something about that. Um, and yeah, just having all the the array of of different options that are literally a click of a button um, to sometimes change the effect of that knob, like what it does when you turn it or just how it's happening or how whatever is happening is happening just by that, I think, also... Um, you know, it, it does make it a little bit of, you know, deeper module to wrap your head around. But ultimately, once you get to that point, gives you a whole lot of options. And what I really like about the, again, kind of going back to my like being bad with like figuring out tech stuff. Um, this has been probably the most streamlined, not having to refer to the manual uh, usage of a complex, like a complicated module that I've had to where like, you know, after, you know, I've probably put in, you know, I don't know how many hours, but you know, like so many hours of working with the thing. You, now I can, I can, in at least there's a part of an, in, it's part intuition, but part like a nebulous understanding of what's going on to, to, so I, I, that's one thing I'm excited about. Cause I'm like, okay, this is relatively new to me. So just keep working with it. And this is going to be a huge addition to the arsenal of what I will be able, like what I'll be capable to do. Um, I, I love hearing that. That is yeah. just like, you have no idea how great that is to hear. And that's, it's been definitely something we've been working towards with the past few releases. Mm-hmm. You know, each knob should be, get you to sweet spots, right? More sweet spots. I mean, right. I see so yeah. many beginners come into modular and they just turn five knobs in a row and it doesn't do anything and it's still silent and they get kind of bummed out, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, you need to learn how it works. You can do it with the mixer. For but sure. at the same time, you know, making the sweet spots easier to find has been a really big design principle for us over the years and really, you know, has culminated in, in what Mojave is and what it does best is hopefully it's getting you to the sweet spots faster and easier. Yeah. So uh, that's that's actually, I think you just like, you 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 uh, paraphrased what I was what I was bam- rambling about there very nicely, and I, I before I you know use this next case I want to just like put the caveat that this is this is user error, um, but I found increasingly from Aurora to Nautilus to Mojave that ease of finding sweet spots getting easy it's it's getting easier like i aurora was pretty still like again i put the fdn 
on it. Um, and I've put a, the original firmware back on it and have really enjoyed what's happening, but still have yet to like totally understand what, what am I doing? What are the choices that I can make that I'm going to see? Again, user error. This is not on this. Um, I want to be very clear about that because I don't go to manuals and I don't go to YouTube <laughs> videos until I absolutely have to because I am i don't know. It's just much, I think it's like an AD, ADHD thing. Like I have to, no, I have to figure it out, which is dumb. Um, but then Nautilus felt like, okay, this is this like the same, it's, of course it's not even close to the same module, but like, the same designers so i i'm you know i'm understanding the ethos and the the philosophy behind it and then with yeah with with mojave i'm just like okay they're definitely refining something within the the process here of 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 just basically ui you know i guess you know um for sure for sure yeah and and we do we try to spend a lot of time listening to user feedback and and really processing processing that and cataloging it in a way that we can improve f- future designs we do mm-hmm. you know and and maybe people don't realize that but we read your text board emails and we save them and we refer to them later and we try to find out well where did we go wrong with that mm-hmm. you know we are so close to these designs it's like we can fire up Aurora and get a great sounding reverb in a couple seconds because we've used it for 10,000, not 10,000 hours, but a lot of hours, you know, because we had to. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Collectively, sure, you know. Um, But that's not going to be the user's experience and it doesn't need to be. So, you know, taking that feedback and and constantly improving on designs is really important and enables you to take some, like, take the things that are good and then make them better and then really start to carve out a unique kind of design signature over time of the good stuff and leave the bad stuff behind. So, you know, I'm honored to hear that, you know, maybe that's working and, you know, you've seen it a little bit. So, um, yeah, no, I love, I love getting that feedback. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, like data bender, I feel like data benders maybe like the, uh, like the, the, be the beginning of your next stage of evolution, like the 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 pro, like the not proto because Data Bender is amazing. I don't mean that, but like I feel like since Data Bender, you there has been this consistency and movement towards what what you guys are moving, what you guys are currently, and 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 I feel like I see that solidifying, especially over Aurora, Nautilus, and and now uh, Mojave, which I. I know. I mean that that has to be that. Obviously, we've talked about it as well thought out. But you know, it's like another going back to the do we need another granular module comment? I'm thinking to myself, well, like we're all in a capitalist society, and we all want to, you know, try to make that as 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 painless as we possibly can. So some of us are lucky enough to, you know, get into a thing that's our passion, but then now we've mixed our passion with our commerce, but then you know you I guess what I'm trying to say is like do how I I've asked some other people like this, like how, how much of a struggle is that like cuz you have to keep making stuff, but I know all these all of you modular creators or your artists, I think first and foremost. Um, and I think I get the sense that it's very important to you to not just be kicking out, um, you know, uh, items to sell. So like that, like how, how do, how do you manage the wrestling of the art and the passion with the, the, the capitalist side and everything? Like, 
That's a great question. And, you know, we operate within this really unique sphere, Eurorack Modular, where we're lucky yeah. because people actually want artistic things. So mm-hmm. we don't have right. to think, well, okay, let's hit these tech specs and sell it for really cheap right. and make yeah, this, yeah. you know, mass produced thing that ultimately is not very interesting or fun or important. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how often do you really find important art and mass adoption like going hand in hand? You know, right? But yeah. In Eurorack, we're kind of there. Those are the modules that people want the most, and mm-hmm. that's really satisfying and fulfilling to me to know we can step out on a limb. We can take chances and do things that maybe are important, maybe are great works of art or whatever you want to call them. You know, mm-hmm. that will still be um, sought after by people to purchase. They'll still be great products while also being sort of cool musical tools. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I think we're lucky in that regard. But it's definitely something we think about. We think about both sides. You know, ultimately, yes, we have to keep the doors open, so we need to sell products. Um, But at least the users seem to be most interested in things that we also consider to be our best work. It's not like I'm like, man, that module we only sold 10 of, that was really the best thing we ever did. No, that's that's never been the case. Right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So so the proof's in the pudding, as they say, yeah. yeah, Right, right, right. And, you know, from my own perspective, I love when, like, you know, because we see lots of other manufacturers, they make competing products. We make competing products. I love seeing those things come out. People ask me that, like, well, how do you feel when so-and-so and this? I'm like, I love it, man. It's great. Like, your rack yeah. wouldn't be your rack if it was one brand. And how cool would that be? Like, when I'm at home, am I patching with only Cuban modules? I'm not. To be honest with you, I love yeah. the fact that you get synergy. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about these different philosophies coming together. And that's what makes the whole ecosystem thrive and, totally. and improve. You know, we wouldn't have had the last 10 years we've had in Iraq if there was only two brands. So yeah, for sure. And I think also like going back to like something being implicit, implicit or like just built into the format or whatever it, it, I think just the, the format alone of modular, even though I know that we're getting a lot more of like multifunctional things and I don't have a problem with that. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but I think because of the level of specificity or the level of control that you have in guiding all of the signals, that 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 keeps it a ripe, you know, a, a really fertile field for many minds to come in and make sure similar things, but they're they're slightly different, you know. Like at first glance, people could look at nebulae and morphogen and be like, well, what's the difference? Having experience with both, I would say they're both worth having. And the reason they're worth having are for different reasons. Sure, there's some crossover, but there's crossover and they're both, they're both granular loopers or, uh, you know. Um, But yeah, I just, I think we're lucky to have this very strange niche, but like big enough to not be so niche that people can make a living off of it while providing these pieces of art that are also devices to make art. Um, and I just realized that was, I, I don't really have, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel of this ramble. So yeah, no, not if- at all. I mean, <laughs> you, you summarized very eloquently, basically, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, the whole idea that they can be unique products and work in the same realm and they are unique. We don't have, we don't have Me Too products in Eurorack. We really don't. And that goes back to mm-hmm. the whole thing that users want interesting, artistic, musical tools. You know, mm-hmm. And so, sure, mm-hmm. you can buy three granular things. They're all going to be different. And they will all very much have the stamp of the person who designed them. 
Mm-hmm. Let's like look at your Absolutely. think about all the makers you think of. They always have a very, very unique take on whatever process or algorithm it is they're working under. And so you can't you shouldn't be concerned. Is it going to be the same? Is there too much overlap? Right. Absolutely. If you're buying maybe if you're in good, I don't know, if you're in another industry, right? I mean, there's industries that are more saturated with manufacturers, you'll start to get that. But mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in your rack personally, not yet. Yeah. And I there's been times where the the uh maybe the the shitty pessimist or like misguided angsty punk rocker that still lives in my head will maybe see a, <laughs> like two companies release something and I'm just kind of like, well, wait a minute. But then every time I've had the opportunity to play with these two, you know, hypothetical things that I thought were very similar. I mean, I'll be honest. Nebulae, I thought I was like, wait, is, well, is this just like what I don't understand? And then I, played with them both like a lot and i'm like oh no like i go to morphogene to get morphogene stuff and i go right, to nebulae right. to get nebulae stuff and they scratch complete like not only like yeah sure they cover some grant like uh there's a venn diagram space there but yeah that yeah. space i'm not using either for that space kind right, of you right, know right. like um yeah so i don't know there's 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 another ramble but i feel like it, it is easy because people and I think also as it gets bigger, I've felt myself like this. I'm trying to be very positive about it. And I think I've succeeded in, in shifting my my thinking on it. But people like to have their special thing. This is very, sure. ni- very, very niche. So like as modular is growing, I'm sure there's people out there with concerns about that. And there are things to be concerned about, um, like everything we were talking about disappearing because some, right. you know, big, but yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with that either, but I'm, I'm excited for the growth. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I am curious to like, see like, what is your, like, tr- not treat us that that's too much of an imposition, but what would you say? Like, is your, your view or idea thoughts about where modular is and where it's going? You know, that's a very interesting question. And I've, you know, I've been in the scene for 10 years this year. So oh, I've congrats, watched thanks. it. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, um, really, really excited about that milestone. Yeah, but I, I have personally just seen the scene, and you know, I haven't been there from the beginning. You know, a, a lot of the companies you know and love were here at least fifteen years ago. But even from where I started ten years ago till now, we've seen a vast, you know, paradigm shift between how people use modular synthesis. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's 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 really exciting because. The magic of modular was um, maybe more about the paradigm itself rather than the intrinsic technologies people had been using for all these years. And I'll kind of elaborate on that. But when I first started, you mostly had analog synthesis going on. So you had like your subtractive synth voice or you had your Buchla Bongo setup or whatever. But it's like, you know, analog VCO, complex VCO, VCA, VCF, um, sequencer, and then, you know, all sorts of modulations, LFOs, random voltage, noise, sample and hold, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you didn't have was samplers and effects. And what I have seen happen in, in, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to say I didn't notice it until it was like 
very, very obvious, but everything <laughs> shifted to where it became sampler centric and everybody wanted to do digital audio buffer stuff, whatever that mm-hmm. meant for them, you know, and people stopped working within the subtractive synth workflow and they started thinking like, I just want to make cool sounds, which to me was the excitement all along anyways. I want control right. voltage, I want knobs and I want fun sounds, you uh-huh. know? Um, and so it, it didn't bother me any. I, I, I prefer to operate this way. I think it's more fun. It's more interesting. And, and, and the more you know, new and experimental, exciting music we can make, the better. That was always my goal. So yeah, let's move away from the subtractive workflow. Let's do it. Let's let's go to this new era of modular synthesis where we can take that will still be there. Of that course, still be of there. course. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You'll still use it, right? You know, you still use a hammer even though you have a nail gun. But at the right. same time, let's let's find some new stuff. And uh-huh. and for me, it's always been about that. So I've loved to see the shift and how it's very different when you look, if you look on like modular grid or, you know, I always try and keep an eye out, of course, I'm in the industry. So I Instagram or tech support videos, wherever I'm keeping an eye on seeing how people set up their instrument because that, you know, ultimately demonstrates how they're patching. So mm, totally. there has been a big shift and I don't necessarily see that like going backwards. I see it increasing in that direction. And, and the primary, you know, the things to ask ourselves are what's special about modular and how can we apply that to digital technologies? I mm-hmm. think, you know, mm-hmm. so let's, let's keep using the things that work like CV. That's magic. Let's keep that. Let's keep these, you know, knob centric workflows. Great. I love that. But then what about the synthesis aspect? What about the, the algorithms and the DSP? Like what, how do we pair that in a way that makes a lot of sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, we're, um, we're on that exact journey. We have these conversations weekly or maybe even daily in our shop about these sorts mm-hmm. of things. Um, and you know, I will say like Mojave itself, I've heard sounds come out of that thing that I'd never even heard before. Yeah. And that, you yeah. know, that's, that's something to say, something. Something yeah. to say. because like, you know, my job as silly as the sounds, it's like, my job is like searching for weird sounds, you know, like uh-huh. that's all I do yeah. all day yeah, long totally, is I just hear totally. weird sounds and I, I always keep an eye out for them because it's part of my job um but you know i can't say that about every module we've ever released like mojave it made some weird sounds that i was like that's unique i've never mm-hmm. heard that before and so yeah. there's something to be said for that digital digital algorithms in hardware with cv or you know with unique takes on them will get you to places you've never been and Absolutely. um yes. that's that's kind of the trajectory that that we're on and we want to stay on at least for the time being yeah yeah i i find myself like coming to this, like having this kind of like, um, this, I guess maybe like this paradoxical kind of loop, not that, not the loop that's paradoxical, but I'm, I'm kind of, I, I love modular because I like the hands-on, right. Um, and I like the, the signal flow control, but then you start thinking about, well, space and not only your space, your real estate for your setup, but the time that you have allotted in your daily life to devote to one of the most like time consuming ways of making music. And in order to try to speed this up, save money, um, you know, and save space, I feel myself gravitating towards more multifunctional, definitely a lot of digital stuff. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, well then why am I not just doing this on a computer? And, and it always comes back to like, well, it, it is the CV. It, it is, yes, there are multifunction, there's multifunctional stuff, but basically like you find this, the thing that is streamlined your patching process, like, okay, a sample and hold and, and this and that, like I, to, to do a, a melody 
with a sample and you know with a random or with, with say I want to make a, a melody out of noise sample and hold you know all this quantizer well it's pretty cool to not have to build that patch that I've built 180 times every time I want to go build a new piece of music so there are these like I wouldn't call it weeding out but you as a synthesis and with the amount of options you can find these workarounds so you're still getting the level of control that you want or need um and yeah but i yeah it's always this but like why do i still take this time when i could get in a piano roll editor and get a couple mm-hmm. of cool soft synths and i it's because you know this is not as fun as ah, you know and uh, right yeah and and that's why i think i can see it staying around you know, like even right. if it does get like completely digital to where you basically have VCV rack or, you know, something did, but it's like still somehow, somehow like hardware that didn't make any sense. I'm going to have to edit that part out. That was, that was asinine, <laughs> but I think you get where I'm going. No, no, 100%. And, you know, in a post pandemic world, do we really want to spend more time looking at screens? And this is a big thing, you know, I spend a lot of time on my phone. I spend a lot of time on my, my desktop computer, on my laptop. Do I really, really need or want to, is it even healthy? Is it healthy to go home and and, all right, let's file up a DAW and just start editing waveforms. And I'm staring at that blue light more and more and more. So, you know, I would, I would say this and maybe, maybe I'm not the first person to say this, but it is healthy to use modular more healthy than making music in a DAW. I totally <laughs> so, agree with that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it one step further um, and and bring it into the wooey spiritual area. But I truly believe that pat- patching the process of has helped. It probably helped that it kind of like came into my life and coincided with a time that I was really working on the idea of impermanence and the acceptance mm. of impermanence in in my life, and that like patch patches are you know, they're Tibetan mandalas, you know, like right. they're sand paintings that once they're pretty, you built it, but now you have to sweep it up, you know? Right. You take a picture right. of it, record it, but it's time to sweep it up, you know? And, and it teaches this patience and this also le- learning not like, not to um, put as much stock as we can, te- as we tend to do with, uh, in our expectations. You know, I went to the synth to build this thing because I feel this thing. That's not what happened. And that happens a lot. <laughs> so I have to be right, okay with right. that. You know? No, I love I love that. That's such a great perspective. Cause you know, at the end of the day, what we're it's a process music. You know, what the 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 definition of modular, right? It's process based. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. The, we all make different genres, but it, the process is what binds us together exactly um but that's really special right the ethereal nature of modular it's it's here today it's gone tomorrow is also what's magic about it because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you don't have to be like well someday maybe i'll sit down and mix that correctly and i'll get it mastered and i'll trim it down and then i'll get it on my soundcloud right it doesn't even matter because you had your fun you made your music you were there in the moment with your modular and if there's anything we need more of right now it's being in the moment not thinking about what to do or how to do it or whatever you were there doing it and that's truly special totally yeah that's this like you know this is something that's been you know beat to death in the western world you know the, the classic taking from you know eastern thought and then and it spun around but you know like the right what I guess a lot of people would call like a flow state or something now, but like, mm-hmm. you know, really the, the, the thesis of the, the 
the book, the Zen, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance yeah. was, yep. was just kind of like basically saying like the sweet spot is becoming the process loot. Like you lose yourself. You lo- basically lose your ego for, for a time where you are devoting, you, you are literally not thinking of anything but the process and by, you know, that property, you become it and time becomes kind of this weird, was that an hour? Was that seven hours? You know, like that's how that happens, you know? And I think as far as, you know, I think you can do this with any music technology and yes, you could do it with a screen, but like you said, not as healthy. Um, So yeah, I think that's another, are we just like, are we just like worshiping at the altar of modular right now? I'm just like thinking about the listeners being like, okay, we get it. You guys like modular. <laughs> Zen and the art of modular synthesis. That's a book waiting for you to oh write. Oh my God, dude, I'm going to edit that out. Me and you got to start writing. Like yes. we'll do the co-author thing. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Sign me up. Well, now I got a, a sh- now we got a, a TV show. I got to work on with in development with our Benny. Uh, what did he call it? when we were talking, um, what's your waveform or something like that. Mm. It was another stupid. <laughs> nice. <joke>. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love it. Well, we are, we're rounding up to an hour here soon. We got, we're nine minutes away from an hour. I want to make sure that I, uh, give you the opportunity to, to, to cover anything that you were hoping to talk about with, uh, with Mojave or anything else. Um, yeah. Have we missed anything? That's a great question. You know, I think we kind of covered, you know, the gist of what it is, what makes it special. Um, My own, you know, if I was going to give you a little bit of my own favorite aspects, my favorite sweet spots, I really love the feedback control. Mm -hmm. This has been really special. Um, And just like on a personal note, like for the past six to 12 months, I've gotten really into noise music. So like harsh noise, power uh-huh. electronics, things like that. And this, this for me has always been, you know, it's been on my radar. I've gone to a lot of shows in Brooklyn. I've been to all the noise festivals there and I have a lot of friends that make this genre of music, but it's always been a little bit off my radar process wise. You know, I've, I've mm, never been super mm-hmm. keyed into how they make this music. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've gotten really into it. I kind of set up a made a little setup at home. I've been practicing and listening, trying to pick it all out and read up on it. And it's, you know, the crux of it is really feedback. Uh-huh. And, and that's, that's what it all boils down to is the magic of feedback and sort of the unpredictable nature of feedback and where that can take your music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at Cuban modules, we really don't have a ton of feedback across the board on it. And, and in modular in general, there really should be more feedback. I wish thing, more yeah, things had feedback like, knobs. Yeah. Outside of delay. Um, you know, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's in the delays. It's in the delays, but right. it doesn't always have to be in delays. And that's really what I, one of the big things I learned on Mojave was feedback is kind of awesome everywhere in audio processing. Just plug the output to the input and you're going to get some crazy stuff happening uh-huh. that it's going to be unpredictable. So yeah, you know, back to that kind of new sounds thing for me coming out of Mojave feedback is really where it's at. So if you kind of, if you crank feedback all the way, so it's that, that's on the gust control. Mm-hmm. It's reverb on the right, feedback on the left. If you crank that all the way counterclockwise and then turn up size until it's like, you know, half second, quarter second long, or maybe all the way up even, you're going to get these weird transformations of the sound, which are kind of like comb filter-esque, but not quite. They're different. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? So oh, yeah. that all yeah, just yeah. comes from this weird thing about feedback. But the magic here is just because you have it in the same knob positions, it's not going to do the same thing twice. No, 
No, so it's dependent that, upon yes. where you were the second before, right? And so it's this magic experience of it's not always the same, and it's kind of always taking me in this new journey that I'm just along for the ride, right? Especially, um, hold on, I had to make sure because they were the t- the two D controls, especially if your yeah. drift is being used right. too, because then so that's I feel actually I feel very cool right now because once you were like, oh, I'll share my favorite aspect. I was like, oh, he's going, that's kind of mine. So like (laughs) what I'm doing a lot is keeping the size, like, I don't know, maybe like 25% up, you know, and then feedback all the way up on the purple mode, which is like the envelope of the, the shape of the grain or the envelope. Is it the envelope of how the grain is released uh, or is it the the actual shape of the grain or is there a difference between those two? I think that's sort of two ways to say the same thing, but it's really yeah. is just the shape of the grain. If you looked at the amplitude shape of it, it's right. going to be that window. So I'm doing purple, which I think is like the downward, the um, like the the reverse uh, mm-hmm. ramp, um, and you know, depending on what 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 I'm putting into it, usually like a a multiplied, you know, cl- in clocked mode. And oh, this actually brings up. I'm. I love. I've. I've. I've barely strayed away from it. The green mode of having your grains be generated by the incoming amplitude. Mm, I yep. think that yep. is a fucking cool feature. Um, and I love that there are three different ways that you can do that. But, um, because I. So my thing was is I was. My my, and this has been again user error shortcoming on my end, but having not a whole lot of luck using granular modules and mm. making more interesting drum beats, percussive rhythmic stuff with them, mm. and th- you can do that with Mojave, and right, it's you get some cool fucking drum beats out of it. It's kind of like what Data Bender can do to a a drum beat, but like not the same. They're cousins. They're not the same. Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. yeah. And you know, that mode did come from that concept of immediacy, which is kind of plug in some audio and see. Let's have fun. Let's just mm-hmm. see where it takes us. And then yeah. the module's going to do some of the heavy lifting for you there, and then you can refine it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, I'll have to try that myself. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I've been just putting my uh, my Roland V-Drum through it. Um, nice. nice. And it's, it was fun because like I was, I was doing it the other day because I wanted to make some videos for, you know, episodes. And um I kept having to go get up and you know change some stuff, and then my friend was over, and I was like, "Hey, will you just like play with that module while I play drums?" And then if something <laughs> cool happened, I'd be like, "All right, leave it there. Let's record." And <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, super super fun. But um, I f- yeah, I'm glad that you that you were sharing your favorite because I really wanted to mention the uh, the the green the amplitude mode. I just think that is. Maybe other modules have that. I don't. I'm not aware of any other modules that have that. And the feedback thing. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not personally sure. To be honest, it might be on other things, but yeah. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, and you know, the one other thing we didn't really touch on yet that I'll mention briefly, which is just the clock synced and tonal nature of Mojave is kind of you know another unique take on that. You know, and I hate to use the word like musical controls because I think all sound is music, but mm-hmm. you know. 
being able to sync things to a grid and apply that pitch quantization to the to the pitch of your grains is a really really useful uh, feature to have on there that kind of just mm-hmm. simplifies your patching a little bit. You're going to do these things anyway sometimes, right? You're probably going to mm-hmm. want to clock sync your grains. You're probably going to want to quantize your pitch. Why should you have to use external modules to do that? Let's just bake it right into it, and then I feel like the outcome is like exponentially better because you can spend that time making music instead of trying to figure out how to patch your quantizer. Does that make sense? It does. And that actually goes back to the drumming thing because, you know, I use like the, the 4MS percussion interface expander or the injector from board brain. They're both ways of getting a quarter inch signal in and creating envelopes and gates. Um, and what I'm, you know, I've messed around with my, uh, you know, where my outputs for my V drum to like, okay. Um, what what outputs from this drum set are actually going into the thing that is creating the clock that's clocking Mojave. And because I can mess with like the gate strength and how much the amplitude will kick the kick off the the clock, you know, the the bass drum is keeping the 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 center, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. the foundation of the clock. But if I hit a tom or my snare hard enough, that adds a new gate firing to the clock. So those aren't ha- happening so much randomly, but they're not happening on a repeating mm. consistent scale. So ha- like that kind of goes back to what you're saying. Like it's not only going to be different every time with that feedback thing up, but, and, you know, clocking your grains is really cool, but this thing clocks so well that you can send it irregular clocks and it, and it stays with you. So as a, right. a person actually playing something, not just sending a, an automated sequence through, that's kind of what I've, I've been looking for, like with this and experimenting with it. Like, can, can I jam with this thing? If mm-hmm. I'm going to lose time, I'm not worried about right. it losing time. I'm going to lose time. And then am I going to be able to, and it's, it's, I, I haven't tried guitar with it yet, but that's, that's the next plan. For sure. That's really interesting. You don't always hear people saying they're jamming with the modular. You know, it's like a band thing. Like, let's jam, you know? Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like hearing that from you. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, and this jamming is with like, the modular. Yeah, it's and it's been so much fun. Um, and like I said, I'm just scratching the surface and just getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I know like these are the results I'm after. I know these are the parameters. Like around these, these settings, the knobs around here, but it's also finding the right beat to play into these parameters that I have found, you know? So it's like, I'm working with the module. It's like a collaboration in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super neat. Um, now, okay. I don't, I want to, don't want to take up too much more of your time and keep rambling at you, but just in, in summation or in for at the end here, could you give us kind of just like a general walkthrough of like, what will be, what is Narwhal going, like, what are you going to be able to do with Narwhal in Mojave? Yeah, and that's a, that's a great point to bring up. So one thing that we already know we're going to be knocking out is more customizability for the built-in pitch quantization. Okay. This cool. was something people brought up right away. Hey, can I, use, can, I, can I use this scale? Can I make this scale? Can I use this programming language to do it? Um, yes, yes, and no. We're going to make it easy so you don't have to program it, right? And we don't want uh-huh. you to have to use configuration files either. We want to just bake it right into Narwhal and uh-huh. come up with some sort of you know, easy-to-use, slick interface where you can just select any notes you want, including microtonal notes, and then mm-hmm. that will become your grain pitch quantization. So okay. that, that, that's something we're definitely working on. We're going to be doing that in one of the official um, 
updates. You know, you'll have to do a, a firmware update on your Mojave, and then Narwhal will already be updated. But we want to give everybody as much customizability and access to that as possible. So it's not going to be restricted to Western tonal scales. We'll do microtonal. We'll do, you know, whatever people want. You know, email mm-hmm. us. Hit us mm-hmm. up on Instagram, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, give us that feedback, and we'll probably solicit feedback before we do the firmware release, anyways. But you know, uh-huh. let us know, and we'll try to get any accommodation in there that we can, so that it makes it easy for the user to to explore those worlds because they're mm-hmm. they're all fun, you know, and all interesting. Yeah, that. So you know that that's the big, definitely low hanging fruit that we that we have so far on the docket. I don't know that we have anything concrete besides that, to be honest. Um, we're kind of looking for feedback from the users, like I said. And then, of course, internally, we get you know a lot of ideas sometimes. But kind of waiting to see, aside from the, the custom scales. OK, cool. Um, and you don't have to answer this. I, I'm just kind of curious, and I can edit it out. But like, how would you say the overall reception has been so far? I think it's been really, really great, yeah. I mean. Tons of positive, positive feedback. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of music, a lot of patches, a lot of videos are already on YouTube. Which you know, sometimes that takes a while. But I mean, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, people are extremely excited about this product, which is really satisfying to me. Of course, you know, because we made it. So yeah, no, just really, really, really heartwarming to to see people gel with the idea. You know, to like yeah. your take on on an algorithm like that is really, really special. Kind of the magic. That's what this is all about. You know what I mean? Totally. It's cool designing stuff. Totally. It's fun designing stuff. But if people aren't going to make awesome music with it, it yeah. where's the magic, you know? And for me, right. that's really where it's at. So I've been, I've been very, very anxiously, eagerly watching and enjoying all of the content that I can find. And as far as I can tell, you know, um, yeah, people are, people are really digging it. Awesome. Well, so I'm, I, I will stop talking after this. This will be my last thing. Um, so you know, I, I got the, uh, got it to for the beta testing phase, right? And then I, you know, I'd put some time into it, went on a vacation, came back. Hey, sorry, I haven't put in much time. Oh, no, you know, it's, it's all good. We're releasing, you know, basically I was like, oh, shit, it's being released. So obviously we, they don't need the beta testing anymore. But I still found myself using it in the exact same amount that I had planned on using it to give you guys more feedback on the, the beta testing. And that's something I just realized now, like, all of my patching that I've been doing in my free time um, over the past, you know, three weeks have has been messing with and and figuring that Mojave, like how, like and really. So I think that that is for me that's the mark of something special. Um, so also, I just, that. yeah, yeah. So thanks, and I'm super stoked for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. No, we're, we're really excited as well. And, you know, excited to see where it goes with, with all the community feedback and engagement and, and the Narwhal web editor. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're super stoked. Awesome. Anything you want to shout from the modular mountaintops before we stop recording? Oh, gosh, I should have prepared something ahead of time. Well, I kind of put you on the spot. so it's all, it's <laughs> I, knew. I knew it was coming. I think maybe you said this last time. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. I'm embarrassed. Um, no, I really appreciate you having me on here. Um, I think Eurac is an awesome scene. I'm honored to be a part of it. Um, and, you know, I'm lucky to work with a lot of great, fantastic, amazing people at Qubit. It isn't just me. There's a lot of awesome people behind the scenes drawing the artboards that go on the back of the modules and writing the DSP and doing mm. the website, you know. Oh, so. yeah, the art on the back is so cool. I love that you've been doing that for the last 
three modules. And and they've all been the same the same member of our team. He's an incredible artist. Mm-hmm. Um, he draws all of them. He does them freehand and then traces them in. We create the bitmaps, convert it. To oh, wow. You do the whole nine yards. But yeah, I, it's the same person. Amazing. He draws all of them. And all we do is tell him like, hey, just some sort of like weird Joshua Tree desert theme, you know, and he kind of yeah, does yeah. Google searching and then he'll just bring it in. And usually it's first first shot, maybe maybe two tries, you know, uh-huh. and we're like, that's good. He's like, no, I got to I gotta refine it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Hey, but uh, this awesome. is magic, you know, you're yeah. really special at, at doing it. It's amazing. So yeah, that's um, so cool. And you can tell it's the same artist because there's definitely a, you know, like a, a style, a, a style. Stylistic yeah, yeah. fingerprint on it. Um, yep, yep. So we we have you know he'll he'll do drawings periodically. We just hang them all over the shop. Even just like little sticky notes, put them up. You know, just try and mm-hmm. save some of that work because it's 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 all very identifiable. Right. Um, his name is yeah. Hugh Shock. Yeah, just for for the record. I but, so um, I saw that you made have a him. post, and I Hugh was a huge shock for me to just kidding. I'm sure that he's got that joke his whole life and I just did it to him again. Hugh, I'm very sorry, but I had to. Uh, <laughs> All right. That's a good place sure to, to this now. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. Thank you to Andrew for coming back on the show. And for those of you who live in the Pacific Northwest, don't forget that uh, I'll be playing a show here in Tacoma on Sunday, November 26th at Real Art Tacoma. Link in the show description for that. Of course, we can't forget we've got Patchworks. Thank you so much to Patchworks for their continued support of the show. Head on over to the Podular Modcast store if you need yourself a beanie or anything else pod mod related. Don't forget to sign up for Patreon if you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast. Thank you to Novation for a mess after later audio. And, of course, you for listening. This week's secret word is grainy grains. Grainy grains. Let's do grainy grains. So I guess this week's secret words are grainy grains. Thank you for listening, and until next week.